All right, well, once again, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Christ Central Church. So glad that you're here with us today. Great to see so many people. And thanks again to those who are joining online. As I said earlier, my name is Joe Crummy. I'm going to be speaking today. But first, I just want to bring greetings from Mark and Debbie Rushworth and Grace and Josh. I was talking to Mark this week, and uh, they want to bring their greetings as they're over in England. They've been there since the end of June as Mark's uh, part of his sabbatical. So they wanted to send their love. And also a big thank you. I wasn't here when Dave and Rosie left, but we had Dave and Rosie Fellingham with us from England for four weeks, and they were such a blessing to our church. And so I think they might actually be watching this morning, so if you're watching Dave and Rosie, thank you so much for your support. And in case you missed it, um, we had a podcast with them, so Hazel had a great interview with them, which was really interesting. So I encourage you to take a look at that. And then Dave spoke three messages. Um, back in July, and so the 16th, I believe it was 23rd and 30th, and so those are on our ChristCentral.ca, on our website, our YouTube channel, our app, and he spoke from the book of Nehemiah, and we're going to continue from Nehemiah this morning, and so I'll just do a brief sort of setting up the context for Nehemiah, and we see in the Old Testament that God had established the people, and God had given his law, and God had said, I want a people for myself, and he picked Abraham, and from there, and Moses, and all Old Testament, and he gave them his law, and he said, if you obey my word, it's going to go well for you. However, there's consequences if you don't obey my word. And it was all spelled out, and over the years, and God was patient and patient and patient, and he said, however, there's consequences, and part of the consequences of them disobeying and ignoring God was they were taken into captivity. So their main city, Jerusalem, was captured, the walls were broken down, they destroyed the temple, which represented God's presence. They took most of the people into captivity, and Nehemiah is where we pick up the story, where there were a little remnant of people left in Jerusalem, basically just the poor. And then, over the years, as God had promised and made all these promises, I'm going to send a remnant back. And Nehemiah was part of that remnant who came back, and Nehemiah came, and he had, God had put it on his heart to rebuild the walls in the city. And as Dave was saying, there's so many things from the Old Testament that we can see and learn from that might have to do with a physical thing in the Old Testament that has to do with a spiritual aspect here in the New Testament and in our day and in our time. So in our time, we're not so much about rebuilding a wall around a city, a physical wall, but we are about, and Jesus is about, rebuilding lives. Jesus is about rebuilding society and culture that's gone off the rails. And that's where we take a part in playing, that we have a part of loving God through following Jesus. We have a part of loving our neighbors and our neighborhoods. And Dave talked about these three things, and I'm going to continue on with that this morning. Dave talked about how Nehemiah came back, and he brought a vision, and there was a willingness in the people. They set themselves apart. They were consecrated for the work, and Dave was challenging us Again, are we, as followers of Jesus, Christ Central, are we setting ourselves apart for the work of God? Is there a willing heart in us for the things that God wants to do? Dave talked about the importance of the Word of God, and we're going to touch on that again this morning. That's one of our foundational things is the Word of God. Also, the Spirit of God, that we want to be a people that are led by the Holy Spirit. And Dave gave examples of that, and from that great preach, that one on about the Watergate and how that connected to John 7 and Jesus. Woo! I'd love to re-preach that one. All right, and then Dave, and his last one on the 30th, just talking about 
when we're about God's work, there's always opposition. There's always opposition that comes in all kinds of different forms and different manners. But discouragement comes and people come and they're going to mock you and there's going to be all kinds of different things and how we are to persevere. And one of the ways we persevere is through prayer. And that's one of the things the last two years we've just been focusing on, digging into, praying and seeking God. And we want to continue to do that. Next week, Emma's going to share from chapter 3, but I'm going to jump ahead to chapter 5. And so let's read this together. And I believe the words are going to be put up here on the screen. So if you're able... One thing about God's Word, God's Word's powerful, and one of the things that helps me is actually speaking it out loud. So if you're able, and if you want to, you can read with me as we read through this passage. Okay, so this is Nehemiah chapter 5, and we're going to read verses 1 to 13. You ready? All right, here we go. Now the men and their wives raised a great outcry against their fellow Jews. Some were saying, we and our sons and daughters are numerous, In order for us to eat and stay alive, we must get grain. Others were saying, we are mortgaging our fields, our vineyards, and our homes to get grain during the famine. Still others were saying, we've had to borrow money to pay the king's tax on our fields and vineyards. Although we are of the same flesh and blood as our fellow Jews, and though our children are as good as theirs, yet we have to subject our sons and daughters to slavery." Some of our daughters have already been enslaved, but we are powerless because our fields and our vineyards belong to others. When I heard their outcry in these charges, I was very angry. I pondered them in my mind and then accused the nobles and officials. I told them, you are charging your own people interest? So I called together a large meeting to deal with them and said, as far as possible, we have bought back our fellow Jews who were sold to the Gentiles. Now you are selling your own people only for them to be sold back to us? They kept quiet because they could not find nothing to say. So I continued, what you are doing is not right. Shouldn't you walk in the fear of our God to avoid the reproach of our Gentile enemies? I and my brothers and my men are also lending the people money and grain. But let us stop interest. Give back to them immediately their fields, vineyards, olive groves and houses, and also the interest you are charging them, 1% of the money, grain, new wine, and olive oil. We will give it back, they said, and we will not demand anything more from them. We will do as you say. Then I summoned the priests and made the nobles and officials take an oath to do what they had promised. I also shook out the folds of my robe and said, in this way may God shake out of their house and possessions anyone who does not keep this promise. So may such a person be shaken out and emptied. At this, the whole assembly said, Amen, and praised the Lord. And the people did as they promised. Whew, quite a reading, isn't it? God's concern for the poor is revealed in almost every book of the Bible. God's concerned about people, God's creation, in issues such as injustice, mercy, care, compassion, giving, generosity, responsibility, stewardship. God's concerned about issues such as abuse of power, control, decision-making, very, very practical, everyday details of life that affect people. In Nehemiah's day, a great cry went up from many families about the injustices taking place 
among them. And what was incredible in this one, it wasn't even the foreigners who were doing the injustice. It was injustice amongst their own families. There were unfair labor practices. There was exploitation. There was high interest rates and high taxes and child slave labor and workers' rights and so on, all within their own family units. Does that sound a bit familiar? If you were to read the headlines today, what do we see? Many people are, are without food. Many people don't have enough money to pay their taxes. Many people are in great debt. Many people have lost their homes and properties. So how did this happen? One, there was a famine, so there were climate issues. There was overpopulation in the city versus the infrastructure for agriculture. And as we've read, there were very high taxes and very high interest rates. And if we look, we see that in Nehemiah's day. If we fast forward to the New Testament and we look and we read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John when Jesus was here on earth, guess what? There were the same issues happening. And if we look at our day, we read the same things. So the Bible says this, there's nothing new under the sun. Same issues in Nehemiah's day, Jesus' day, in our day. But can you understand why Nehemiah was so upset? <laughs> can you imagine? Nehemiah's like, folks, we're God's people. We disobeyed God. We were sent into captivity, and we have to pay taxes to a whole foreign government. And then God, in his kindness, brings us back. We're reestablishing. And I find out we've been mistreating each other. He was very angry. And you remember Mark spoke a couple months ago from the book of Ephesians about anger. Anger can be used for good <laughs> or it can be used for bad. Nehemiah was angry because he was like this. Folks, he's like, people of God, we should know better. We should know better. Because the nation of Israel had forgotten God's guidelines for living. God had given them his word, saying, here's how I want you to live. I want you to be different from the nations around you. How we treat one another is supposed to be different from the pagan culture. Yet, in Nehemiah's day, they'd forgotten God's word, and it had many devastating consequences. Now, what I brought with me today is, this is the owner's use and care guide for a Danby air conditioner. How many of you have ever opened up some sort of computer, machine, whatever, didn't even know that existed, and started to put it together and some of you can pull it off, but most of us are like, as we get somewhere along the way, this isn't working. This isn't, how it looks on the box isn't how it is. And a lot of times, you know what we forget to do? We forget to read the instructions. So Angela got this one for her uncle this week and was able to take it and then the guy called and said, oh, later, he said, oh, I found the instructions. Would you like to have them? Yes. <laughs> Folks, we know God's Word's more than an instruction manual. It's more than just to, to do. 
but it is helpful. And one of the things sometimes in Nehemiah's day, especially in our day, we can forget to read God's Word. So here were a few examples from the Old Testament that God's people should have known. In Exodus 22:25, God says this to His people, If you lend money to one of my people among you who is needy, do not be like a money lender, charge them no interest. So you're allowed to lend money, but don't charge them interest. That's in-house. That's how this family is supposed to work. Deuteronomy 23, 19. Do not charge your brother or sister interest, whether on money or food or anything else that may earn interest. Clear, clear guidelines. Leviticus 25, 35-43. If one of your countrymen becomes poor and is unable to support themselves among you, help them so they can continue to live among you. You must not lend them money at interest or sell them food at a profit. I am the Lord your God. And he says in verse 42, because the Israelites are my servants, and God's like, remember where you came from, people, whom I brought out of Egypt. They were slaves in Egypt, and God brought them out. They must not be sold as slaves. Do not rule over them ruthlessly, but fear your God. Can you see why Nehemiah was so upset? It's like, folks, it's very clear in God's Word what we're supposed to do. Love and concern for one another, brothers and sisters, should supersede money and wealth and possessions. But God's Word was ignored, it was disobeyed, and instead of the people being protected and preserved, chaos and anguish came. There's consequences to our actions. So briefly, what can we learn from this today? What can we learn from Nehemiah and the story that we've read? Well, I just want to point out a couple of things. In one of them, it's very simple, but it's hard, is this. Remember God's Word. That's what Dave was saying into us. Remember God's Word. And we've been given the Holy Spirit to help us as our teacher, advocate, counselor, to help us. In the New Testament, we read this, that God says, we're stewards of God's resources. And we've talked about this before. We've talked about money and giving and finances. Folks, you can take the words out of my mouth, can't you? We don't own anything. Who's it all belong to? Everything belongs to God. Psalm 24, 1. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Folks, we're stewards. We're managers of God's resources. So he's created who you are. So if you have natural talents and abilities, that's great. Use them for God's purposes and glory. He's given us spiritual gifts. The Holy Spirit imparts gifts as he desires to each one of us. Use them for God's glory. If we own a home, if we own a vehicle, the clothes that we have, guess what? We don't really own them. They belong to God. Folks, that's a big worldview mindset change from the world that we live in, where everything is mine, everything is, we're self-made, self-sufficient, protect at all costs, everything to go. No, God because kind of like, that's what we were singing about this morning, wasn't it? God, here I am. I just stand, arms high, heart surrendered. All I am is yours. 
and we can be thinking, heart, but God, don't touch my bank account, don't touch my toys, don't touch my independence. It's hard. But God entrusts us with resources that we use for God's glory and purposes, which includes meeting the needs of our family, supporting our local church, supporting our community, helping the poor locally and globally. So folks, our, we have an opportunity to be used for God to help and not exploit. And God's Word, which we've talked about many other messages, gives us instruction and guidelines and principles to guide us. And whether we have a lot or a little, we can be faithful and generous and wise and prudent and be a blessing for the sake of others. But most of that starts in here and in here with God's help leads to change, which is quickly the second one. Folks, anytime, whether it's this topic, any Sunday, any time you're reading God's Word, God brings conviction, God brings revelation, God brings understanding to go, hey, what God says is not how I'm living. Then quickly, here's what we need to do. We, make, we need to make some specific plans to correct the wrong. <laughs> Nehemiah knew God's Word. And as Dave said before, we've got the book of Nehemiah and we have the book of Ezra. Ezra was working with Nehemiah. Ezra came and brought God's word. He taught it, brought instruction, explained it, applied it. And the people responded with action. Such a good response. Because, folks, as we go through a lot of these things, a lot of times, you know, it's hard. It hurts. Sometimes when God reveals some things or God puts his finger on things, we have some decisions to make. It's hard. Because God's words confront. And sometimes repentance is required. Repentance is a change of mind and a change of behavior. Nehemiah was very clear. This is wrong. And with God's help, God changes our belief system, our value system, our attitude, which leads to action. And obedience to God's word many times brings changes to our lifestyle. And so thankfully, in Nehemiah's day, the high interest stopped, the slavery stopped, land and possessions were returned, there was change. And so we have the benefit as followers of Jesus. God gives us this Holy Spirit. He's the spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit helps us to apply God's word. The Holy Spirit, Dave was talking about this with God's grace. God helps to change our hearts. So it's not just legalistic duty that, oh, well, I'll stop the high interest rates, but our heart's not changed. No, it's like, oh, I'm aware of the damage of not following God brings. And I'm going to make some changes. It's a heart change which leads to behavior. So this morning, for any of us, God's word's very clear. We can stop. If we're cheating, stealing, lying, coveting, exploiting, we can stop. God's word's very clear. It's wrong. And we can start telling the truth, giving, paying back what was wrong, being generous, sharing. God helps us in that. 
We remember thirdly, as stewards of God's resources, folks, we're accountable to God. That's always what we see in the New Testament. Say, masters, if you've got employees underneath you in your work, remember, Jesus is your master. <laughs> employees, how you serve your master is actually how you're serving God. It's always that bigger view. It's always a bigger view that affects everyday life. Nehemiah had the people in verse 12 declare their plans to one another. Nehemiah knew if they say it out loud, if we're accountable, if we, the chances of following through go way up. Folks, each one of us is stewards. Paul said this in 2 Corinthians 5.10 that every one of us is going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ and we're going to give an account. Now, for those of us who are believers, we're not talking about our salvation, but we are going to give an account of our lives and how we managed our lives. We're going to give that to Jesus. And Jesus is going to give out rewards. And we're not going to lose our salvation, but our heart should be, God, I want to give a lot of rewards back to you. But folks, do we understand, all of us, we're going to give an account of our lives. So folks, we can't change the past, but we can make some changes today. (laughs) That's the good news. With God's help, we can learn to make decisions about money and possessions based on God's Word, and with the guidance of the Holy Spirit, and we have the help of one another. We can learn from one another. And I say this over and over again, it's okay to ask for help, and we can learn from others in these different areas. There's no shame in that. So when we respond to God's truth and make some changes, sometimes, you know what's really helpful? We just find even one other person, might be in our life group, in our family, that someone that we trust, that we just say, hey, you know what? God's revealed this to me, and I'm repenting. Maybe we have to ask for forgiveness, and I'm making some changes, and I just want to tell you that, and can you help me walk this out together? Can you maybe, if you know someone that maybe is good with her finances and help can you learn from them? Just say, hey, humbly, I need some help in this area. That's a good thing. We need each other. There's no shame in asking for help. Can you show me? Can you teach me? Can you model this for me? Whether that might be with finances, budgets, debt, giving. And folks, there's always help available. So I'm really drilling down again on money, possessions, finances because they're such a big part of our lives. So many of us, we want to be generous, but I don't have any money to give. Well, maybe if we can make some tweaks and changes in our budget and all that, maybe we'll have a few more resources to give. God changes our heart, which leads to action. And folks, we just want to always remember we want to have an eternal perspective Jesus said so much about giving. He said, when you give, a lot of times, give in secret. No one even knows what you're doing. But the Father in heaven sees, and he's going to give a reward. Folks, that's an exciting way to live. I'm going to give. I don't need to tell anybody about it. God sees. And with all these things, obedience leads to worship of God. That's so exciting. At this, the whole assembly said, Amen, and praise the Lord. 
and the people did as they had promised. Folks, when we obey God, whatever the case might be, but in this area, it praises God. That's our heart. It's the things we've been singing about this morning. God, we want our lives to glorify and praise you. Whenever we obey God's word, and especially in helping others, it blesses God, it blesses those around us, and guess what? It blesses you and me. When we, in our hearts with God's help, in our actions obey God, it always leads to worship of God. And that's our ultimate goal. And Jesus is our model in this. Paul said this, 2 Corinthians 8, 9, and Angela said as we sang that song, it unpacked the gospel, the good news of Jesus. Paul said this, for you to know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich, for your sake he became poor, so that by his poverty you might become rich. Jesus is our model. Jesus, who was rich in heaven, left heaven, came humbly to earth, and Jesus lived his life on earth poor. He served God. He obeyed God fully. He remembered the poor. If you read through, Jesus served the poor. And Jesus ultimately gave his life on a cross as a sacrifice for our sins, for our shame, for our failures. He fulfilled the Old Testament law perfectly. God was satisfied with this once and for all sacrifice. And as we see, God raised Jesus from the dead, and Jesus ascended into heaven, gave his Holy Spirit to his followers, and said, through them, I'm going to establish my kingdom. The rule and reign of God in every aspect of society and I'm going to give you your Holy Spirit to help you. So folks, the New Testament principles we live by now regarding our lives and our money and our possessions, I'll just give you a few of them. Matthew 6.33, Jesus said this, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and these things will be given. Your needs will be met. It's a whole different thing, isn't it? We go, if my needs are met, then all. Jesus saying, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Second Corinthians 8 9, which I just quoted from, Paul says this, God wants you to give cheerfully. Not with, under, not with compulsion, not with guilt, not with pride or with duty. He wants you to give cheerfully. God helps us with that. First Timothy 6, Timothy brings instruction to those who are rich. And he doesn't say, give it all away. He says this, be rich in good deeds. Help others. Store up for yourselves riches in heaven. Jesus said, you can't serve God and money. Matthew 6, 24. Folks, the power of money, possessions, find it. It's powerful. It's like a God. And Jesus is saying, you can't serve both. So every time we give, every time we give away, we're just saying, money's not my God. 
Galatians 2.10, Paul said, Sim and Peter were working through some things. One thing they had in common was this, remember the poor. Folks, when we remember the poor, and again, we all know, it's not just poor physically, financially, it's poor in spirit, and we got a lot of rich people in Fredericton who are very poor in spirit. When we remember, it brings praise to God. It blesses those around us, and it actually blesses us. Now, to really drill down just in the last thing, and this is where you can take some time to wrestle this week. And for us as a church, we've been wrestling with some of these things and we'll continue to wrestle. There are individual ways that we can apply these things to remember the poor, and there's ways that we together as a church corporately can apply these things. And so for personally, there's all kinds of different ways. There's ways you can serve in church, there's ways you can serve in our community, and I just think of one of the ways that are right here in our own backyard at Devon Middle School, at Leo Hayes, ELE, the schools in the south side. They all have food programs. There's always great needs. You can serve in all kinds of different ways. So if you're looking for some way to serve, we can give you lots of different ways if that helps you. But together as a church family, and in case I'll just do a quick history review because that past, present, future. In the history of our church, for over 20 years, the main way we applied these principles was to, through a couple of different things. So when we were at our building on 487 Brunswick Street from about 1999 right through for the next 20 years, we as a church, our main ways, and then we had a lot of things come off it, were we had a drop-in center that was open and a sandwich run that helped many in our, and for 20 years, those were the main ways that we as a church collectively so people actually physically served, like showed up, everything. People gave financially. We did Christmas things. We had all kinds of different helping furniture, moving people, and rentalsmen, and all kinds of different things that were, those were our main two anchors. And we as a church kind of rallied around those things. But things have changed. So Pete, who helped lead that, passed away. We've changed buildings. We've changed geography of where we are. And right now, to be honest, we don't have those two anchors anymore. And one of the things we've been praying about is this. God, we're in a new building, new neighborhood. What are we together as a church? What are you calling us to do? And right now, we're still in the in-between. We don't really have the full answers to that. So I know many people in a Thank you for your patience, because many of us in our church family, we've been like, but, you know, we used to have drop-in. We used to have, like, it doesn't seem like we're doing anything. It's like, well, there's things we're doing individually. There are things we're doing, but we're in an in-between. And right now, we're praying, and that's the main thing I'm asking. We're praying and saying, God, what do you have for us to do together as a church family? And we have some ideas and we have some inklings, and we have some things that we're pursuing, but right now, we don't know. What we do know is this. Kids Club has been our main thing for the past six, seven years of pouring in, and that's been one of the vehicles of helping, and we're hopefully, God willing, we still need some help. Kids Club will be going on. We're moving to a Friday night to help. Hopefully, that will help both the community we're serving and for those who are helping. 
We've got 12 neighbors building the tiny homes right here, and they're looking at being done right now, probably by next summer, and they're working through what comes next for them. We're working through what comes next for us. And as we've shared before, as they get more and more of the community center and that built on the actual 12 neighbors property, there might be ways we can serve and partner more together on the ground. So that's something we're looking at. We're also going, okay, we've got our renovation coming up for this area of the building. And right now, we don't have some of the function that we would like to see. We don't have a, it's not wheelchair accessible, all of those different things. But we're believing by now and next summer, that's going to be transformed. And maybe in God's timing, as that gets ready, God's going to show us what are some of the next things. And we're beginning that in October. And folks, we, I'll give an update this week in our email and that. We've had to make some adjustments, but it's, it's coming. And hopefully we can... Now in that, it's going to be a couple of months of chaos. We're going to have, for a season, some washrooms aren't going to be available, accessible, and we're making contingency plans. But I'm asking you now, October, November, December, into January, it's going to be messy. And so we're going to have to make some adjustments, and it's going to be some short-term pain for long-term gain. And as you're probably not surprised, guess what? The costs have gone way up. So there's going to be some sacrifices from a financial point of view as well. We've been helping Kenyanga and Pamela and Burundi. We've been helping our friends Derek and Jenny in the Bahamas. There's all kinds of things that are right there, and we're just saying, God, we can't do everything. What are the few things that we as a church that we can say it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us that we can do to serve together? That's what we're going to continue to pray, and that's what we're asking for, your help, that God would give us more revelation. As he's done in the past, he will do again. So Emma's going to pick some things up next week um, on this theme in chapter 3. I just want to say, folks, such a key thing all throughout Scripture, and it always, we kind of always have to be adjusted. Remember the poor, however that might look. It's got to be in our sort of frame of mind, and we're saying that for us collectively as a church family and for us individually. Remember what God's Word says? Remember that sometimes when God puts His finger on something, we've got to make some changes with His help. Remember that we're stewards, that really everything belongs to God. So this building, we keep saying, this is God's building, and we want what God wants with it. And folks, as we obey God in every aspect, it praises Him. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? It praises Him. So if we're able, why don't we stand? I just want to pray into this. I'm going to ask Angela and the team to come. And folks, as we've been doing, our early morning prayers, our Wednesday noon prayer, our Sunday evening prayers, we're going to keep praying. And we've been asking God, keep giving us clarity, keep giving us revelation, keep helping us so that we would be led by your Holy Spirit. So I just want to pray into this again now. And just say, Father in heaven, once again, I just want to thank you for this church family. God, I want to thank you for your faithfulness over the years. God, I want to thank you, Lord, for just the opportunity that you've been working in and through us, Lord, as in Nehemiah's day, Lord, to bring some correction to things, Lord, 
to bring some change, Lord, to humbly help and serve our city and our community. And Lord, you've given us this building. Lord, we ask, God, give us revelation. Give us wisdom, Lord, how to be good stewards of this building. Lord, for us as a church family, Lord, what are some of the things that you are clearly saying for us to be able to pursue and serve together? God, would you make them known? Lord, we pray for your glory and for the good of those around us, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, well, thank you, and Angela, thanks for leading us in our last song.